Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 166. This is a special one, a little three-year anniversary we hit a couple days ago from the uh, entire show uh, back in 2019. Uh, we started at a totally different point from where we're at today, uh, and I'm sure another three years from now it's going to morph into uh, a better product of what we're doing now and potentially maybe branch out a bit and maybe include one or two new people as we go along. But um, as always, we are, it's myself and Evan. Evan is joining me. Not not feeling the best on this special oh. occasion, but we we move on in the, in the World Cup. Round of 16. What was your, there was a lot of crazy results here. We saw two shootouts. We saw a bunch of blowouts. Well, there was a lot to digest, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think Morocco, Spain is one that's like right off the bat, kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Watched that full game yet? I mean, I watched every one of the games, and uh, that one was, was fucking crazy. Um, I just honestly can't believe that Spain under the many did only two shots on target for them in the game. But there was a lot of that you be able to convert into maybe a goal or two. Uh, Morocco defended well enough in terms of just never, never giving up. They were just chasing shadows the, the whole game for the most part, but um, so bad going. And they still somehow got a. Re- that was a really shocking one. Um, I was a bit shocked. To see South Korea go out as sad as they did, yeah. four first half goals for Brazil, that was an absolute domination. It was a style of football that you actually don't get to see all that much. They were playing with pure joy. I mean, it was it was actually really something special to watch. Uh, Richarlison just mega for the Brazilian national team. He has been for some time now. He plays pretty much every game for them doesn't rest, comes back to his club just absolutely battered and, and overworked, but it just it goes to show how much it matters to some of these guys, regardless of one of the guys. Uh, I thought that was a really good match. Then the rest, I think, pretty much went as we expected, uh, maybe outside of Netherlands, USA, but I think they've ever yeah. yeah, uh I guess let's just start right there with the first one. As you mentioned, we had the Netherlands 3, USA 1, um when we did our predictions i predicted this score correctly somehow um don't it's it didn't happen the way i thought it would we saw the the u.s dominate possession and the first five minutes they had a a pair of opportunities specifically in the second minute from pulisic um wide open there eight yards out just a bit rushed and maybe caught him off guard a bit right at no part um, his his thigh or his shin I should say and from there on um, Netherlands just played the tactics perfectly how Van Hall set him up they got a 10th minute goal there from Memphis Depay his first goal of the tournament um, which set them up nicely the U.S. were still involved away, away in the bit in the first half had a couple chances here and there having a lot of the ball as I mentioned they were man marking a bit with our two center backs and Riem and Zimmerman against Depay and um, or Memphis, as I should say, I think he hates it the Depay thing, yeah. um, and uh, Cody Gakpo, we did a nice job holding him to no goals, but the the dagger was that 
45th minute goal from Daly Blind before the half, putting putting the Dutch up 2-0 in which it really set us back. And from there on, it was kind of deflating a bit. I think a lot of people were kind of holding out some sort of hope with the whole 2-0 scoreline being the scariest scoreline in the game. Uh, all you need is that one goal for the trailing team, and that can really boost our confidence. But it did come in the 76th minute, came from Haji Wright with a an unpredictable goal even he did not see coming. Uh, Pulisic with the yeah. assist. And from there on, it was... We were fighting a bit here and there, and then tired legs and and weak minds kind of let us down. And a wide open, uh, wide open Denzel Dumfries at the back post um, gets a nice little tap in on Matt Turner. Um, I don't hold Matt Turner accountable for any of these really mistakes. I think it just comes from the field and players' focus, and then also the the tactics from the coaching staff. Um, we talked a lot. We watched this game at the Evan, where Evan works, had his establishment, and it was kind of uh, deflating in a way. Zach was Zach, I think, is the worst person to watch these games with. He is. Yeah. He took so much life out of me just watching. And when we scored that second or that first goal, I should say to make it one to two, it's that he just didn't even give a glimmer of hope, a chance, and it kind of just deflated everything out of my body and. I, I knew going in, I mean, I, like I said, I predicted the whole, round of 16, I guess let's just go from there instead of me just dragging on and on. Um, Is the round of 16 for this team, is this an acceptable place for the team to exit, or was there an opportunity here, maybe not in how this game in particular went, but do you think there was something there in a way we could have put a tactics together to win this game maybe, or maybe the outcome be a little bit different? Yeah, uh, I actually do. Because look at the way that they scored the first goals. They were both just the most simple FIFA, sweated across the yeah. mouth, rack. That's yeah. what it was. Right. Now, were the finishes good? Yeah, for sure. And I think maybe Turner was caught a bit flat-footed, but he was screened by both defenders both times. Instead of defending the drag, what they were, especially on the second goal, instead of defending the, the drag, which is how they scored the first one, they were just standing flat-footed, screening their keeper so that he was essentially unable to really get to ball or, or judge when it was. Um, both of the goals were scored from the same exact, same exact spot. And both good finishes, both very defendable. Neither of the, the center backs were there. Robinson was, was gone, so was Dest. Um, those guys were great going forward, but I think they were kind of poor in defense. I think this was a beatable or a winnable game. Um, this Netherlands side is good, but they're not, you know, impossible to break down. It's all what happened. An accidental goal that happened. Um, that sort of stuff can happen. We had a couple of chance, regular chances as well. And this was probably the only, maybe the only team, maybe there would have been one or two more that I would have been confident going against in the round of 16 for a win. And we, we did. I don't, I know a lot of people are saying that for us far. Um, all setting up for 2026 but 2026 is a long way away and yeah. i don't know what it's going to look like it's going to be a new look defense probably outside of best what's his name uh robinson really but yeah i mean the center backs we're going to lose both of them. oh i thought you mean like new fullbacks yeah no 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 outside of the 
because oh, yeah, okay. will obviously be the starting right okay. back. Okay, I misheard you. But you're going to miss the, the center of, of your you know, defense. That's a huge thing, and I don't know who's going to step into that role. Um, I think Miles or, Robinson was going to be in there, but he had a major injury. I think he had like an yeah. ACL tear. and I think Walker Zimmerman has potential. Um, it's tough. It just comes down to getting them competitive matches against teams that you will most likely play in these matches and i think they're putting the bid in and they have a strong chance to get into the 2023 or 2024 copa america yes yeah, I, I think that today. they're looking into getting involved in that which i think we were in the centenario the hundredth edition yep. of it we were in that one and didn't have a good showing um I, there's there's kind of ideas i've heard that the idea of taking the U.S. out of the CONCACAF and moving them to the CONABAL, meaning the South American yeah. Confederation, to get more competitive matches against teams that are at this level of World Cup status that we would play. Obviously, we were the best performing CONCACAF team here. We made it the furthest. All other three didn't qualify for the knockout round, Mexico being a bit of a surprise, but... The other two, two you kind of in the in the in the back of your mind thought, yeah, they definitely weren't going to make it. Um, yeah. But I, I I don't I think that's a radical idea that I never thought of before. I don't know I how you it. feel about that. I think it's a good idea, um, even now with the incoming expansion of the World Cup to forty eight teams. Those early games are going to be less competitive, especially depending on how they break up the home nation groups. Obviously, this is going to be the first um, multi-country, multiple-country hosted World Cup, whereas in the past it was just one nation and they were always in the pot A group. Now, I don't know how it's going to work with the Canada. Well, we've, had, we've had one before, Japan and South Korea. Oh, you're right, in 02. So how did they but do that's that? It. That's it. I don't, I don't remember how they did that, but I was – Doing some research today after I saw the news about us maybe leaving CONCACAF and joining Combat Ball, which, as I mentioned, I do think is a good idea. I, it is radical, like Matt said, for sure. Um, but I think, like, you don't really stand to lose anything no. um, by doing that. You're just up at the competition level, which is good. Uh, pressure makes time. And, and I don't know how they did it, though, for, for South Korea and Japan. I think it was split. Yeah, because usually the host nations have a easier group because right, you right. don't have to deal with any of the powerhouses being in your your group as well. And uh, Brazil, yep. Argentina, we had uh, England. We wouldn't have any of them. So it would be a more reasonable matchup and then a, a favorable knockout round in the... Well, it would be the round of... still be the round, round of 16, of... I think. I don't know how it would work now. You have... Or does it go to round of 32 then? Yeah, so there'd be twelve. So two, three, five. Be, there would be twelve groups now, I think. Twenty-four. Okay, yeah. Well, well, we'll get we'll talk about that in the future, but yeah, I think four years. Yeah, real, let's reel it back to this game. We saw the Walker Zimmerman was back in the lineup, um, taking over for Cameron Carter Vickers, and then we saw the inclusion of Jesus Fer Ferreira for the first time. At the number nine. So we saw each number nine on the roster played in a game. Where do you rank his performance out of the other two? Uh, 
I don't know. I don't think it was. He had 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's so tough to judge it 45 minutes. It wasn't great. Really don't. I think that just shows how pointless that position and that role is in this team. This team it is. It comes down to play and listen. Yeah. And whoever's ranged forward, honestly, fullbacks so involved. Yes, so involved. Back. The yeah. only good cross we had on the day was Dest. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just that that's kind of like a dead position for us. Um, maybe play. There are things that I think formation a bit way I can play in the center of the park yeah there. uh can as well but I better on the left maybe even drop them back but let those guys play left and right mid respectively play with the center forward and strike like I just don't think that you can get enough I know that's that's a very Dutch idea now uh, you know that's not something a lot of play center forward and a striker it can be, it can be effective, especially smaller person there at center forward, and then let some big play the target off. I just yeah. think that we have guys that can play more of a cam role, holding striker role. I don't think one striker's go. Honestly, I really don't because there's just guys are trained to hold up and they're not good enough at target men, so you can't kind of. Can't really do that if your wings aren't going to get able to latch onto the diagonal front. And I think with all that here, I just don't think really there's a reason that none of the strikers performed because formation what they're actually capable as players. Yeah, and I and I will say out of all the teams that qualified for the knockout round, we were um, joint last with Poland for the fewest yeah. goals scored with two. We we scored one here, so. Three goals in total for the tournament. Pulisic being involved in all three with the one goal and two assists. Shows how integral he is in this team. And I guess the last thing before we move on, because we've been on this for a while, obviously, because it's our, our home nation and everything, but that's to be expected. Um, Coaching-wise, what is your stance on Burhalter? Is he Should we be swift in action and trying to get somebody new now? Should we keep him for two years, let him finish out the Gold Cup, and and then maybe somebody comes in before the potential Copa America run? What's your whole stance on that? No, I think you have to get him out. Awesome. And then I guess a follow-up would be, should we get another American, or should we get somebody experienced outside of the country? No, I think I think the best bet is to get somebody that's outside of the West, outside of the Federation, absolutely. No question about it. There are a lot of coaches who have either one left their national post, uh, who you know fired or their contract ended, and there's also a lot of regular coaches and club managers who are out there and are ready to take a project. Aside. Um, it is a huge role, but there are a ton of quality coaches out there. I actually um, found a doc today. Twitter, Jeff has list all available coaches that have had their contracts terminated uh, or are free agent job. So you've got a lot of names on that list that I think better for halter, and I think to act swiftly placing him. Uh, I can say I appreciate what's done. You know, he's worked best to fill whatever he can 
players, but they need somebody that really they can trust. And I just don't think Greg. I don't think Chris. I certainly. Either. Yeah, I'm all in on a uh, Arsene Wenger. That might be a dark yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah. That would be, be that would be a sight to see. But in all seriousness, I think it's a a big job in a huge market with uh, a lot of potential in the the one of the host nations as well yeah you have a a a federation or an organization that has a lot of resources to offer you and a yet good young crop of players that are also now getting looks at from bigger clubs i think there's rumors of anthony robinson being linked to newcastle now in january you have uh weston mckinney with with the whole juventus fire going on i think tyler adams being number one on a lot of people's lists um obviously the Pulisic thing with Chelsea is definitely going to be on the table in January whether he decides to stick it out or move on um I wouldn't blame him to leave but there's a good handful of players that are going to get bigger bigger um take bigger steps in their in their journeys and their careers so um yeah I think that's enough from that good luck to Netherlands to close that out they have a absolutely monstrous matchup against one of the favorites in argentina after they beat australia surprisingly only two to one but Lionel messi getting a goal um and then julian or alvarez gets the winner in the 57th minute from absolute shambles in the back uh maddie ryan piss poor just clear the ball lad we see that yeah. i've never seen so many goalkeeper errors in such a short time we've seen De Gea, uh, mendy now we saw Matt Ryan. Uh, there's at least three I'm forgetting. Like it's it's embarrassing how many of these goals. The goal- Saudi keeper was bad. Yeah, the Saudi keeper. I mean, not even just in this tournament. It's. I guess you can give some credit to, or some yes, I guess some credit to how how high these teams are pressing, yeah. not allowing teams that want to build out of the back. It's it's crazy how high they get, but still, like you, if you know that's coming, you, like you, you can't bullshit on the ball so that was their ultimate demise and then a own goal in this 77th minute just a, a hit and a prayer from australia and it went in the back of the net to make this game yeah. look a little competitive so um i guess real quick messi again another win they move on to uh, a matchup against the dutch which should be a pretty tasty matchup there yeah absolutely and i want to just quick kind of touch on what you're talking about uh playing out of the back grass if you know that it's quality wise is not there and they're still going to try and play it out of the back, you know as Argentina full of really talented players everywhere, you know exactly what you're gonna be. You know they're gonna make a mistake. It's not like the Dutch playing out of the back, Spain playing out of the back. Those guys really aren't gonna make mistakes all that often. But this Australia team, I mean, just know it's coming. So the fact that they had the wherewithal to do the press and be there and force them, or just be, be there enough to, to make the guys think one extra step and make the issue. And that's it really is why they won the game. I mean, clinical, both guys, beautiful creativity up top. Um, but yeah, this was this kind of went how everybody expected. It could have been even funnier than this. Uh, the, the goalkeeper is really, it did take Australia out because they. Argentina wasn't really firing on all cylinders. Played the men. Yeah, Messi now on three goals and I believe one assist in the tournament total. 
Um, Australia crash out, I think, a bit of an overachievement from a lot of people's perspectives, I would say. Um, making it the furthest out of the, or no, yeah, I think three three Asian confederation teams making it this far, I think, because uh, Australia moved from Oceania to Asia, so Australia, Japan, South Korea. Um, I think that's a record for Asian teams when the when they're not hosting. So, congrats to them. We move on to uh, the other side here. We had Japan and Croatia. Match ended one one. A uh, goal coming from Daizin Maeda, 43rd minute Japan. Nice little whipped ball in, came back across, slapped it in. And then probably one of the best headers of the tournament from Parasic in the 55th. Absolute cannon from the top of the box. Slots it perfectly in the corner. This was probably one of the closest matchups of the, of the round so far. Went in extra time. Nothing ever happens in extra time. We saw subs come out. Modric, Parasic, all the big main names that you usually see or you usually uh, pair with the Croatia team they all came off so none of them took penalties but they managed to win in the end 3-1 their goalkeeper stood on his head made two clutch saves in Liverakovic uh, he was an absolute stud here T Kerr performance from him and then uh, Japan sadly crashed out it was really sad um, you could tell the passion from the fans uh, obviously, one of your boys, Tamiyasu Arsenal, uh, crashes out, heads back to his club now. Um, healthy, though, which is nice to see from him and for your sake uh, with Arsenal. So what do you think from this match overall? Did this go in a way you thought it would? Very tight. Yeah, I mean, Croatia are actually like mega afraid to shoot. And I noticed this all the way throughout the stage. Uh, not a ton of goals for them. They're, they're very, very popular with the shots. Um, they have guys well in the midfield who can shoot, just choose to pass it. Uh, Petkovic, I think, was a liability up top. I'm not sure why he got the start, but it would have much rather seen uh, Ramaric play striker and then maybe Petkovic out on the wing, Orsic out on the wing, or literally anything else. Um, defense, still really good, I think, for Croatia. Lovren and Guardiol have been just unreal. Guardiol is going to get a huge move. I yeah. know Chelsea are actually looking at him. Yeah. Um, that would be a huge move, guys. He's um, and then Japan, I think just an, another really difficult game. It's unfortunate they went out in penalties, but they couldn't take the penalties. They they really did control for the first half and Croatia kind of sat on their haunches until until you know uh, a moment of Paris is better. Uh, I did think Croatia would win. I did think they would advance, but I honestly wasn't really expecting it to take uh, penalty. So I guess good on them for practicing penalties in uh, in practice and uh, got to get back to the strong board a couple of times. Yeah, wasn't the worst performance on pens in this round, but no. uh, tired legs for Croatia. Not what you want to see because then the quarterfinals this Friday uh, in the first match that we're going to see, they have to go against Brazil, the favorites right now who put an absolute shellacking on your South Koreans. 4-1. Um, like I said on the last episode I did by myself, I said it was sharp. Uh, you thought South Korea would go through. That was nice. But they got absolutely run off the pitch. We saw Vinny mm-hmm. in the 7th, Neymar 13th minute pen. Um, I don't know about that pen. Bit sus. But 
Um, Richarlson, 29th minute, best goal of the game, I think, from Brazil. And then Paqueta in the 36th. And then uh, Pak Sing-hyo in the 76th, hit an absolute screamer. Uh, good for him, uh, for himself. But in the end, it was just a consolation for the team in this game. And um, what an overall showing from Brazil. They were literally dancing on them. Um, the, the triple header from Richarlson to link up with the forwards and then the little slip in for him to tap at home. Um, everything's coming together for them. Obviously there's the whole situation with Pele in the hospital again and wasn't reacting to chemo, uh, was put on end of life care. And I think he's recovered a bit since then, but, um, things couldn't be lining up any better for them to get a, to, to move on in this tournament. Yeah. I mean, that Richarlison goal, the whole link-up, the patient passing, is thumb, that's Samba football. That's exactly what foot skill, calculated passing. It's good pass waiting. That slip-in from Thiago Silva, the fact that he was there with his gigantic brick feet was able... I mean, he, he's always been a very good passer, but you have to remember he is he's a brute. He's a big guy. Um... That pass to Richarlison was the assist tournament for such a simple ball, but so often it's it's just misplaced or, or hit just a bit heavy or a bit soft that the defender gets it. But yeah. it was perfect. It yeah, was hope, so perfect. I hope Graham Potter was watching that. I hope so too. And it is just so unbelievable that Thiago Silva is here and performing at the level he's performing at his age. Um this team is so solid, truly. Um, Allison was tested quite a few times. He looked amazing. Richarlison was great, as I mentioned. Neymar didn't look too hampered by that uh, high ankle sprain or whatever he had. Vinny's been really good stepping into that role. Rafinha opens up a ton of space. He got a goal from Piquetze. He had a couple of chances. Casemiro is bossing it. This team is just so good. And South Korea just were not up past. I mean, they have some really solid players as well. Done just... An unfortunate tournament, really. Very quiet. Um, playing striker. He can he can play left wing, he can play striker, he can play in the center, but he really wasn't with the tournament and when he's not firing, not gonna get a going get you know, stacked. Yeah, the back five of Kim couldn't couldn't handle Brazil here. Yeah, Kim, 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 right? All, all, all five of them. An all time meme there. Yeah. Um yeah, we even saw Danny Alves come off the bench for Brazil here and get a go. Um, even third string goalie Waverton coming in uh, late in the game for Alisson. Uh, I'm so happy that Alisson has been playing over Ederson. I think it's thoroughly deserved. But yeah, they, they get that matchup against Croatia, which isn't going to be easy in any means, but I think they'll definitely have a, a lot of the majority of the money on them to win in advance. Uh then we move on to France, another heavy contender. Three, Poland, sneaking one in there in the 97th minute penalty from Lewandowski to end his World Cup dreams. He ends with two goals there in total. But that man Giroud in the 44th, getting his third at the tournament, finally surpassing Henri uh, for all-time international goals for France. Uh, well, I think 78, right, in total. Yes. Um, unbelievable. The most underrated and most slandered guy that has won honestly one of the mo- the most silverware uh, in multiple com- in multiple uh 
leagues is incredible. Uh, but even Giroud can be outshined by Mbappe with a, a brace here in the 74th. Uh, and then in the 91st, an absolute banger. Putting him on top for the Golden Boot right now with five, two goals away from anybody trailing him. I think he's like minus 200 right now if you had to bet on him to win a Golden Boot. He's got nine goals in only two World Cups. The record is 16. Some people are thinking he could even beat the single World Cup record of 13 goals in one tournament. What do you think Who about has that? Uh, Juice Fo- Just Fontaine, for, I think, uh, in yeah, 1950. Fontaine. He had 13 in six games, uh, and that was the only tournament he ever played, and he only played in one World Cup and scored 13 goals. Um, but I guess on that note, um, are people getting overhyped? I mean, Mbappe has three games no. to score eight goals. Is that even possible? And they're going to be the, the hardest three games they have to play. I, I honestly don't one player at the tournament that can do it is probably him. True. Uh, you're seeing just how finally <laughs> playing it's not even made of control because they're kind of playing narrow. It's not really it's not really playing or tucked in playing like left center mid, back center mid and absolutely dominate. He's such a dangerous player with quality feet when he faced uh, finishing is unbelievable. And I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. If there's one guy at the tournament that can do it, get that record, I think it's him. Yeah. Um, I was looking today. I think like it, he's the tally that he's on right now. It took Ronaldo 150 more games to do it, and I think it took Messi like 95 more games to do it. I think that was that that I saw today. So you, you know, sort of era him to do the greatest players of our era uh kind yeah. of kind of smashing it right now yeah him and holland are starting yeah. to get their emerge. feet settled in they're definitely emerging i think as and it's funny because mbappe is more like a Messi, i think and i think holland is more like ronaldo just because of of where they play mbappe does play more on the wing still and and Holland's great up top, like Ronaldo. So it's interesting, but I think you, know, you can draw parallels between those sets of players for sure. Yeah, and I think for Poland here, I don't think, uh, for, well, for France, I would say, I think they couldn't have had a better matchup in the round of 16 no. here. This Polish team just squeaked in in that last game, uh, losing 2 0 to Argentina, just making it through on, on goal differential. Um, they thought they were going home, and rightfully they should have been. This could have been Mexico here, which could have been a little different, but still, um, they go home. They made it to the knockout stage, I think, for the first time since, like, 1990s. So, good for them. Lewandowski's done, though, so uh, I don't know how the next World Cup's going to work for them, but hopefully Chesney's still there. I think man of the tournament for them is Chesney. He put up a valiant effort. And I think Matty Cash had the best overall time. He got a he got a Messi jersey, an Mbappe jersey, and yep. when they were at the beach, he got a picture with Ronaldinho. I think he's he's had the best he's had the best showing overall from anybody on or off the pitch. Yep, pretty cool. And now he has to go back to Aston Villa and hang out with your boy. Good evening. Yeah, fortunate there. 
So France move on to the quarters. They'll play Saturday at 2 o'clock against England. England beat Senegal 3-0 with a very comfortable scoreline, but little bits here and there in the game. But overall, they had a good grip on the match. Jordan Henderson in the 39th minute getting the, getting the scoring off. Harry Kane before the first half end in, in the 48th minute with a goal assisted by Foden. And then your boy Bukayo Saka getting his third of the tournament in the 57th minute. Um, comfortable win for England. Sad to see uh, Senegal go home here the first time back in the knockout since 02. Um, Koulibaly and Mendy, I think, overall didn't have the best tournament, um, especially Mendy. I have even less confidence in him now than I did before. Um, Koulibaly did all he could. He scored a goal to get them here, but it's it's not the best um, thinking in that side. But keeping it positive for England here, Saka with another start, Foden on the other side. Is that the best front three they can play right now? Oh, I should say before that... Um, Sterling was going to be in this game, but had to leave, uh, went back home to London. His house was um, raided, um, yep. had to make sure his family was okay and everything. I don't understand why this is becoming more and more of a thing. We saw this with Aubameyang on transfer deadline week. Yeah, he deserved it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure we've seen this with a couple other people in that, but I don't know why this is becoming a thing now. Well, I mean, it, it does make sense know that the players like from a criminal's perspective obviously right bad and i don't condone it you know that the player is wrapped up the player and his family typically are wrapped up in whatever when it's fresh lives not to rob their house take you would think they would have much higher security systems yeah you would think that but crime in england not especially london yeah yeah i guess you don't want to crime in england it's not like you know it's not like crime here it's not gun violence stuff like that you got a lot of stabbings in london you you do stab city but it's harder to hire arms i mean well licensing is much tougher there well i guess back to the game here with the lineup i was trying to get to is this the best front three they can put out right now or would you put maybe rashford Uh, in there I think Rashford, how he's been playing. I think Rashford, maybe ahead of Kane, maybe ahead of Foden. Saka definitely has to stay in there. You can't um, take Kane out of there. In my opinion, I don't think you can take Kane out of there. But Foden's been really good too. Um, yeah. Kane, I think. I mean, he played against the defender here in Koulibaly and did get on the portion. But I think if you put him up in the case for defense, guys. You're gonna see him maybe sort of wilt a bit just as Tottenham. Uh, Foden, I think, is probably the one that you, that you could shift out and maybe throw um, throw Rashford in there because Rashford has been really, really good. Given an opportunity, he was good in his start and he was good in both games. So I I do think that maybe we'll see a bit of rotation just just between Foden, Saka, and Rashford. Totally fine in my opinion. Um, but yeah, this is. A very good team, and I think they've been better defenders actually starting as well. Yeah, I will say with Kane, I don't. They don't need him to be a a running behind guy. I think the later his career's gone, the more we've seen him drop in to a false nine type role, dropping more into the midfield and linking up. Um, he's got 
he's leading the tournament with three assists tied with Bruno Fernandez and he has this was his first goal of the tournament as well so he's got four goal contributions overall we've seen him heavily involved in every game obviously the, the team captain and when you guys you have guys like Saka, Foden, Rashford, Grealish you get those guys in behind I think you don't have to worry about that uh, side of it as much um, specifically on those quick counters you saw with the the Kane goal in particular, we saw a uh, quick transition, Bellingham driving the ball through the midfield, slips Foden, uh, nice 2-on-1, Foden just lays off Kane, and Kane does the rest, smashes it down the middle, and that's all you need. You just need a pure strike through the ball, no bullshit, no no trying to finesse it or whatever, just put your boot straight through the ball and hit it home. So, And that's what Kane is. I think Kane's an overall package for them, and that is something that, I would say 99% of teams are looking for now is that guy up front to that can do it all. So um, England have it. They beat Senegal like they should have um, with a a, re- a reasonable line here, 3-0. And um, I will say in that back line, I think Kyle Walker had bits where I, I thought he'd be a little quicker. It felt like he was a little bit off the mark a bit. I don't know. It just seemed like he's a little bit sluggish. Uh, I don't know if... We still haven't seen Trent get a start in this team yet. It's been Trips and Walker pretty much. What do you think about that overall? I mean, I think it's all right, honestly. You know how I feel about Trent. Right. I think I've made that very, very apparent. I think Shaw has been actually sick in the defense tournament. McGuire's not making a ton of mistakes. Stones, I've never really been a huge fan of doing well enough. Same thing with Walker. He made a couple mistakes, but still all right. Uh, I would, I'd say, I'd rather see Kieran Trippier in this side rather than, than uh, Trent. Like no doubt about it. Not a yeah. question for me. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really think the need to change anything up. Phillips points Corp, uh, with some come on, but that's just going to be a player that's lost the annals of time. I fear, just because of, of you know the bench on it. I don't know if ever find Rod. No. Like I, I just feel like he'll get sold on and kind of get wasted. But um, I, this team is fine, you know. Outside of really like out, but taking them out, off the bench. So yeah. yeah, I don't think anything really needs to change up. To be honest, carry this momentum into the quarterfinal. Yeah, I think they've scored. I could be wrong. I think entering the knockout stage, they scored the most goals with nine. Yeah. Um, I think they're leading the tournament with most goals still. They they have 12 goals, four, and only, what is that? They only have two, two against, against, two against, yeah. one against, one against, or both against Iran. So three straight clean sheets for them. I think that leads yeah, the tournament. Yeah, garbage time. Well. Yeah, the, the, especially the second one there. But um, now it's a true test uh, against France arch rivals there i think this is where a lot of people thought they would get and would end up i think i think some people like how i feel about the u.s getting the round of 16 i think this is where they would be okay losing uh especially with how they matched up here against france um but if they could win this i think that would be gravy for them so we'll see that'll be the main game on saturday too and in the other matchup we first had Morocco beat Spain in penalties, 3-0. Um, an absolute masterclass from Bono and goal on the shootout. Um, an absolute major T-curve moment for him. These were 
the worst penalties I've ever seen in a competitive match from any team when I, when we look at Spain here. Um, the Busquets one being the worst one of all two. Um, uh, it's that this team's all about passing in that and and looking at the stats, they had even more passes than they did them against than they did against Costa Rica. They had 1019 passes in this game and it only amounted to one shot on target. Um this uh, we know this is the team of a thousand cuts and passes and just tiki taka and all this, but like I mean at the end of the day, uh-huh. man, if you can't put that ball in the net, like what the fuck? We know that with the US. We know that I know that with Chelsea, I mean it it looks nice, but you're not winning. And back to back tournaments, they lose in penalties in the round of sixteen. They crashed out of the group stage in 2014. The last time they had any success was 12 years ago when they won the whole thing for the first time. So um, what did you think about this performance, the shootout, and where Spain can go from here? I mean, this stuff, it really just absolutely shocking, awful. Uh, I don't worry about them really forward because this is a pretty young Pedri, Gavi, Lorente, Ferentrez, they're all really young guys. Sensio's on his way out, Danny Omo, but they're going to replace those guys with better players, I think. Uh, still, this is a really... They just couldn't get anything from Asensio or Morata when he came on. Nico um, Williams was giving the other bits, to be honest, as well when he came on, but or when he was subbed off. Yeah. He did start, and it's just—it's tough, man. It's really tough to go out like this. Oregon really wasn't defending all that well, but that's the name of the game. That's what the World Cup is. Don't play in tens all that much, you know. Um, a couple club competitions, Champions League, stuff like that. Week in and week out, you're not you're not taking penalties, and in this one, Nobano shot. Um, he was great. The hero, you know? Mm-hmm. They had the course. They were guessed right. There were really poor penalties for Spain. Spain should have won this game. Like, no doubt about it. Had a couple of chances. Could have put it on and definitely should have put it away in penalty. You know, how how technically like, you shouldn't be missing penalties. They did. So, good on Morocco. I mean, it's, it's great to see. They played with more intensity and they wanted it more and that's that's what it comes down to sometimes so good for them yeah i think i heard from from podcasts i've been listening to and luis enrique the manager for spain yeah from the last tournament when they lost some penalties said to all the players to take at least a thousand penalties before the next one and wow i mean the two the first two they missed were guys they subbed on just to take pens um i don't know how you feel but about a player that didn't play at all in the match coming in and just taking a penalty. Um, I remember a West Ham game when Mark Noble came in the 90th minute against United to score and earn them points, and his was saved. Um, I think that's kind of bad. It's like guys are so cold coming off the bench, and obviously you have people that that play the whole time and could have tired legs. Um, I was thinking specifically about the... 
when we were talking about Croatia, when Modric and Perisic are coming off, um, not taking penalties, and you want your most experienced players to take those. And they weren't on there, but they still got the job done, um, mainly to their goalkeeper standing on his head. But in a shootout, you can't expect your goalie to make more than one save, realistically. So oh. um, I don't know where you stand on that with guys coming in just to take a pen. I mean, I, I think the sub off guys an extra time i don't really care how tired their legs are like they're they they know that they regardless of how old they are like they're gonna be able to take a pen luka modric is gonna be able to take a pen so is paris these guys can all take the pen and i don't still understand it i don't know why you would take somebody out of the flow of the game send them to the bench and have somebody brand new fresh come in when they haven't even stepped foot on the pitch like it just doesn't make any sense to me and I know that they've been doing it forever but just I feel like it fucks with chemistry and game flow and it's tough when you're watching the game from the bench and then you gotta come in and 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 take the biggest kick ever oh. yeah um, yeah full credit to Morocco massive 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 result massive achievement congrats to them they move on uh i think i heard somebody bet like nine grand on them just to make the quarterfinals and the way the odds work they won like a million dollars um that's probably a great feeling just to to have them make the quarters so um psychopath whoever that was hakimi an absolute baller going for a panenka uh the ball didn't even go two inches off the ground um and then he did the, the waddle after he scored the winning yeah, that penalty. Was tough. Um, pretty hardcore there. And then they uh, went to the went to Bono and threw him up, celebrating like they do uh, after managers win uh, titles. They threw him up a little little thing there. So they move on. They play Portugal now on Saturday morning. After Portugal had the biggest scoreline here, they absolutely torched Switzerland six one. Yep. No Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, making a short subs appearance. Uh, his replacement, Gonzalo Ramos, scored the first hat-trick of the tournament. 17th, 51st, 67th minute. We saw Pepe score in the 33rd. The oldest player to ever score in a World Cup at 39. What an absolute legend. Um, I think he's the only player I've seen at 39 years old in FIFA to have over 70 pace. This guy's broken the code. Uh, Rafael Guerrero in the 55th. And then... That young star, Rafael Liao, with his second goal in the tournament in the 92nd. Love that guy. Love watching that guy. Yeah. It's hard for him to get in this team, though. It's a lot of ballers. After that first goal from Huerta, or Ramos, the camera immediately goes to Ronaldo, and it looks like they just got <laughs> scored on. What do you yeah, think of that? Yeah. I think I love it, you know. Uh, I've become a bit of a, a Ronaldo hater uh, in my my elder years i used to love him but his ego is so inflated so close to like michael jordan figure now another guy i'm not a fan of and i i just love that i love pissed off the rest don't play better without him because they're free you know they don't have to provide service to daddy ron great i, I was sitting there the grin on my face shit um so that i thought that was yeah i kind of don't like the 
all that attention going to him, taking no, it away I, I from agree. the team. I agree. Like I, I think that's unfair too. Like in a way, the storyline wasn't about how the team won six one and this guy scored a hat trick. It was more about Ronaldo not starting, getting subbed on, scoring, but it was offsides. Um, his move to LNSC or him saying, oh, that's not a thing, uh, not confirmed. Like, I don't like how it's so much about him. They're saying, uh, they asked him if they win the World Cup and he doesn't, like, score a single goal, how would he feel? He said he wouldn't mind. Like, it's all about, in the end, building his legacy and this and that, which I can understand. It's the only thing he hasn't won. Um, but yeah, this is a good team. Like, they are a very good team. I think they have the fourth they have the third best odds tied with argentina right now to win it all at plus 550 i think if he doesn't play the rest of the tournament they're fine um there was even talks of them not even taking him to the team but i don't think the manager had a sturdy enough spine to make that decision not to take him so and i think as the tournament goes on and especially after this performance people might think it's okay if they don't use him yeah not all that. Yeah. Uh, Switzerland, though, I mean, Akanji gets yeah, the one goal in the 58th. This is a solid team. They put up a good, good kind of performance in the group stage. Uh, we're in one of the toughest groups there with Brazil, um, Ghana, and Uruguay. Or, sorry, with uh, Cameroon, Serbia, and Brazil. Um, an absolute bloodbath to get them through beating Serbia, but it, they just kind of just didn't show up. And. Another guy, another Arsenal boy, Xhaka, coming home, healthy, no injuries there. Um, but yeah, tough to see. Mbolo getting a big moment for him there. Uh, being involved in the goals here, shining a bit. Um, uh, former young young player in FIFA career modes that I loved using. Real. Yep, real Mbolo uh, back in his back in his Basel days. Um, okay. So yeah, that 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 lines up the these matches here we have where was it did i have it we have netherlands argentina croatia brazil england france morocco portugal this is a pretty chalk quarterfinals um the only shockers you could say being well i guess just morocco really i think all other seven you would think yeah i could see them being there right now or i expected them to be here um out of these four games, what is the game you want to watch the most? It's tough. Probably in France. Yeah. Because I, I do want to see France fuck England. I think you as well. I think just these are all really good games. I think Brazil are going to wreck Croatia. I think Portugal probably wreck Morocco as well. Yeah. Um, what I've picked now at this point, I, I have a prop for Brazil, Argentina, and France all to get in the semifinals. Mm. Looking pretty good. Looks all right. So I'm I'm hoping France gets England or on England. Rest could go how you. Yeah, currently the biggest the biggest dark horse is Croatia to win plus five twenty. Uh, Brazil's minus 800 there. The closest game is that England-France game. It's pretty much a pick England plus 102. France minus 124. 
uh, as well as Argentina, Netherlands, Argentina slight favorites, minus 152 to Netherlands, plus 126. Uh, and then Morocco are only plus 300 to beat Portugal there. Um, pretty decent odds. Seems like people haven't put enough money on Portugal yet to slide that in a way. But um, other, other props there currently, I think Mbappe is leading the Golden Boot. Like I said, he's minus 195 two goals ahead of everybody else and then you have for the golden ball as well he's plus 125 this is looking like mbappe's tournament to lose and france's overall here is yeah you have you have argentina winning all like us but um have you shifted who you think might win it or are you still sturdy on a argentina here i still think i'm gonna ride with argentina uh enzo fernandez stand out i think that team's actually better than i thought they would be they're not playing up to their full potential either and i think they'll probably unlock it during the quarters so i want to see him pump uh the netherlands i think got some more games to win after that very possible uh brazil a bit of a surprising in terms of how good they are as well but england and france are right where i thought morocco i mean i don't think anybody expected that it's all gravy from here they're gonna That's absolutely right. play 5-4-1 to the end yeah, um, and who, who cares? Get the penalties again. He made it to the semi. Fuck it. Yeah, they've had clean sheets in six of their last seven matches. I mean, they've only given up one goal, and it was an own goal to Canada. So, realistically, nobody scored on them yet, um, yeah. even the Pens. So, that concludes this episode. I think we're going to come back next Wednesday, I would think. So, we would review the quarterfinals and the semifinals, uh, which will lead us to predicting the final. Uh, we would enjoy that. And then after that, uh, hopefully on the 21st will be our first, well, will be our first episode back to Premier League action, predicting uh, game week 16. Um, oh, yeah, that reminds me. Jesus for Arsenal. Yeah, it does. Uh, went under the knife. Successful surgery, PCL injury. He's going to be out for at least two to three months. I am just as frustrated. I'm sure you are more than me, but for fantasy's sake, he's my number two there with Mitrovic. Um, absolute dagger to my back. Um, that's really going to hurt me long term. But for Arsenal and their title hopes, now you have to buy somebody in January up top. Um, you can't have Enketi lead in the line. How are you feeling about that? And what are some options? Maybe even looking at this World Cup, people that you could bring in. Uh, I mean, I was thinking about it this morning. It's tough, man. Really tough. Initially, it was supposed to be two weeks, two months, now three months. Yeah. We're going to need somebody towards the end of the year. I don't know if there are any options. Right? Um, guys, Gakpo, maybe now, are, are going to be on our radar. He's a bit taller, but can do the same job. Um, and Kunku, another one, but I think he's already being talked by Chelsea. Like, it's guys of that level, and I know that I know just a couple weeks ago that, like, I don't want them spending 100 mil on a striker. Well, now I don't know if you have a chance because January is the premium price window area, and it's going to be. So, they can pay 50 million for pretty bang average, 100 million for somebody that you think can do a job. I'd be spending the hundred and using Jesus to make it back, having death 
there are teams that have carried two really expensive strikers and done well with them. I think we might have to do that too. We need to keep our foot on the gap. Yeah, I would say you guys have a little bit of leverage on your side being top of the league by several points. Yeah. You have a well-established culture, a young crop of players that are well-spread throughout the world, so I'm sure they could talk to whoever Arsenal looking into to get some favor in there. And um, Obviously, the price is going to have to be premium, like you said, but if you think you have a chance to win it, you have to go all in and get your resources in there, so... Um, and then once once they manage, once Edu gets the job done and they bring whoever they do in, it's on Mikel to get him up to speed. So um, that's a little side note. We'll talk about that more next week and the following week once the Prem gets closer and closer. Um, hopefully nobody else major gets injured in any of these remaining games. Um, it's going to be very exciting. A lot more drama is going to happen, more storylines. Uh, and most importantly, more Ronaldo shots of him not scoring goals while his other team do. So um, a lot, a lot, a lot more good things to come. Evan, thanks as always. That concludes this episode. Make sure you guys follow us on our show socials, at Post20Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Listen to all of our previous episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Evan and Jeremy just uploaded the newest NFL episode yesterday. Um, so make sure you guys go check that out. Uh, they're in red hot for him there. Um, I saw that from Jeremy, 11-3-1. Kind of had to double yeah. check that for a second. That was fire. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks guys again, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Take care.